0: hey guys and welcome to the grow podcast we are so happy that you're all here listening and joining us by a video for the first time ever so congrats to our guests you are the first very
1: special <laughs> absolutely very special
0: well I'm actually your host to the monthly grain segment of the podcast brought to you by the Landis grow solution Center on today's episode I have two guests joining me so first we have Derek Homer who is with nationwide and is the risk management consultant and then we also have ahad Mujib, who is on the Land of Safety team. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. I will let the two of you go ahead and introduce yourselves before we get started. So just tell us about yourself and really your role. So Derek, I'll let you go ahead and get started first.
2: Yeah. So I'm an agronomy consultant for Nationwide Agribusiness in the risk management area. Okay. Uh, so I spend a lot of my time doing applicator training. I do pesticide education. I'll do the anhydrous ammonia training. And then I also serve on the Grain Bend Safety Week team.
0: Oh, so this is going to be perfect. I did not know that before. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. And wait, tell us about yourself. Give us, I don't know, a fun fact or what you like to do in your spare time.
2: So uh, my wife and I have a farm south of Des Moines, about 30 miles. We raise red Angus cattle and corn, soybeans, oats, alfalfa, and anything else that grows.
0: I love that. Okay. Ahad, go ahead.
2: Ahad Mujib.
1: I'm a member of the Landis uh, EHS team. Been here uh, over 10 years now. And Part of my role on the EHS team is just to to work with our locations to keep all of our employees safe so that they go home better than the way they, they came, you know, working on developing training for them, doing facility inspections, instant investigations. And then also there's a plethora of compliance related activities that Landis falls under, Department of Ag, DOT, EPA, Iowa, DNR, Homeland Security, all that to all all those those fun things that we have to deal with and, and keep in compliance for so I, I assist to keep us all in compliance on that
0: okay and what about a fun a fun fact about yourself or something you love to do in your free time as well
1: so a uh, fun fact for me is love Iowa State athletics huge Iowa State fan I've missed what two home football games in over 20 years oh my gosh um <laughs> and uh got all the basketball games so just we're, we're a cyclone family and and through and through and you know that consumes about nine months of our of our lives so
0: i can imagine well i met my husband on an iowa state tailgate So awesome great you know great there too absolutely <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm excited to just have the opportunity to chat with you guys today as we talk about safety right so ahad as you mentioned like your job is very important because you make sure all of us as employees get to go home every day right and keep the facilities and working conditions really safe Um, But today I want to especially emphasize grain bin safety. So this year, Grain Bin Safety Week is February 19th through the 25th. And I just want to start by talking about, you know, how and why did this initiative this week get started? So as we do start to talk about grain bin safety, I'd love to know, Ahad, you know, what are some of the big things you want our farmers, right? Our listeners to remember, as this can be a really busy time as they're coring or they're moving grain. Give us some thoughts on that
1: yeah you know green bin safety is very important it is something that everybody take very very seriously especially our farmers and our employees and and everyone there's just been way too many deaths very unfortunate accidents that have occurred on the farm and so you know things that our farmer members can do to ensure that first and foremost if you don't need to enter a bin don't enter it you're not going to have an accident or an engulfment or anything like that if you're not inside the bin so Try to do as many activities as you can from outside and just try to avoid going into a bin if necessary. You know, unfortunately, we've had a lot of young people that have been injured and passed away in bins. So always try to restrict a uh, youth from being around those particular areas. There's a lot of kids, green kids, uh, etc. that want to be on the farm. And I think it's great. There's, there's so many great activities and, and learning experiences there. But when it comes to the grain bin, you know, we, we want to keep them out of those those particular areas. So restrict access, you know, post signs up so that people are aware of what the potential hazards are and that there is a grain bin there. So those are all some of the, the, the things. If you do need to go inside of a bin, you know, a couple key things. One is never go in alone. Always have an attendant with you. Somebody outside the hole that's checking in with you, that's making sure that that you're okay, you know, we recommend you check in with that person every minute or so, maybe even 30 seconds, just to make sure that they're okay and, and talking to you. Prior to entering, you always want to make sure that all of the equipment, augers, etc., are all um, de-energized, locked out, not in operation. That has to be one of the main causes of engulfments. You know, you got the auger going, you go in, you're trying to get the grain moving, and and next thing you know, you're you're sucked in and now we're having yeah. to do a recovery. So do that. And then, you know, if you do need to go in, you know, wear, wear a harness, try, get get tied off so that, you know, heavens forbids if you do get trapped, you know, they have something that the fire department or somebody else can get you out with. But, you know, first and foremost, I'll say it again, you know, zero entry is the is the best way to go about it. When you start looking at the reasons to go in and some of the issues, you know, bridging conditions, hung up grain, um those a lot of times are issues why why you need to go in and those pose great hazards um and and really a lot of those are are caused by grain conditions so you know you always want to make sure and keep your grain in good condition you know follow good practices i know there's a plethora of, of resources out there on on how to keep your your grain cool and and uh in in good condition so follow all those rules and and everybody will be safe
0: yeah well i think those are really good touch points and. You know, growing up, I grew up on a farm and, you know, I think that, you know, as we think about, you know, a family someday, it's teaching kids to have the utmost respect for some, you know, equipment like that. I just think about, you know, just the tragedies that we've seen in the ag industry. But as we do think about keeping graining conditions, I'm often referred to as the grain girl, um, especially by a lot of my customers. And so... You know, I would just advocate to our customers listening today, we have beautiful weather out. You know, the prices are relatively competitive here today. We've got just below $7 cash corn at almost all of our facilities. If you're not talking to your current grain originator or your local facility, now is really a great time to be moving grain. And as you mentioned, right, keeping that grain in condition so that we don't see any, you know, crusting or bridging forming.
2: Can I throw in also on that? Ahad touched on it really well. We need to recognize that grain bins on the farm are a confined space. Yeah. That is a confined space. There's only one way in and one way out. So if you wouldn't crawl down in a well by yourself, would you go in a grain bin by yourself? I mean, yeah. we really do have to have a zero entry mentality.
0: I think that's good. And, you know, to our farmers listening, um, you know, ask yourself how many times maybe you've you've done this. And, you know, I just hope from this podcast, I hope that we can just spread the message Grab somebody to be with you, to at least be monitoring you if we do have to do those things. Obviously, farming and agriculture, we have our, you know, dangers, um, but just trying to be as safe as we can be every day. Derek, I want to come back to um, a question that I missed in my notes. Uh, Grain Bend Safety Week, we talked about February 19th through the 25th. Can you talk a little bit about how this week got started and really the initiative behind it?
2: Yeah, so it was in 2014. Unfortunately, there was a grain bin entrapment and a resulting fatality, and the leadership at Nationwide Ag took it upon themselves and said, you know, this is a space we really need to get involved We're the number one insurer of farm. We we insure a lot of these commercial grain facilities. Uh, We need to get involved and find a way to make sure people go home at night. And so they started the program. There's kind of three prongs to it. Uh, Number one is education. So we try to educate people about the hazards of green bin safety. Number two is we have a lot of partners and we raise money to donate green bin rescue tubes to Mm -hmm. volunteer fire departments. And we've donated a considerable number of them. And then three is we provide training with those tubes, which is really important, right? Because a chainsaw is a great tool. But if nobody teaches me how to run a chainsaw, how good can I really be with it? Mm -hmm. And so the training that our our partners, the National Education Center for Agricultural Safety, NECUS. Uh, every time we donate a grain bin rescue tube, we provide training with that tube on how to use it, when it can be used, and how to safely go in there and rescue a victim without becoming a victim yourself.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. And, um, you know, as we celebrate celebrate this week and advocate for this week, I think it's important that we know the reason why it got started. And, you know, I think these things are always really sad, right? So we have an incident happen, but from that incident, at least we're moving forward, Right hoping to not have more incidents happen.
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, Derek, again, um, another question for you. From your position at Nationwide, can you tell us, you know, how many grain engulfment incidents or other grain bin incidents, you know, do you guys typically see a year?
2: So the number of grain bin entrapments is a pretty hard number to come up with because so many of them remain unreported. If, if somebody goes in and, and somebody else can rescue them, do they ever really report it? No. So safety statistics on the farm can be really hard to come by. One resource that I can use and that I cite is, is Purdue puts together an annual confined spaces okay. report of known issues. And I will tell you that between 2007 and 2021, there was 504 entrapments recorded, documented. What the actual number could be, you know, might be significantly more. Um, now, I have seen... The number of entrapments annually has gone down the last four or five years from a high, which is great. Yeah, um, but but there are still a number of them, probably undocumented every year.
0: Oh, for sure. Just a follow up question to that: What are some statistics as we think about you know the the sad but um, fatalities that might have occurred? You know, as we talk about grain bin safety, but but also just confined spaces in general.
2: Yeah, so a couple statistics that I'll that I'll throw out. 56 is the average age of a of an entrapment victim. 64% of confined space accidents are grain entrapments, and then my third statistic is 100%. And 100% of grain bin entrapments were preventable by nobody entering that bin to start with.
0: Hmm. Just really truly back to your point, Ahad, right? Of the only way to prevent a grain bin entrapment situation is, is not to enter. Well, moving on, I want to chat about, you know, resources like you touched on that are available to local fire departments on grain bin safety and grain bin entrapment rescue equipment because Landis has the initiative as well as nationwide. So you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I would love for you to touch on what nationwide has done and, and the program that they have where people, our listeners, can actually go in and nominate their local fire department to grain bin safety equipment which is awesome so talk a little bit about these grain tubes
2: yeah so the program that we have through all the partners that w- that we have we raise money to uh, purchase tubes Um we we purchase a very a very well de- uh, constructed tube it can be de- deployed in a lot of scenarios it, it's very versatile um, over the last over the course of the campaign we've donated 272 tubes in 31 states Five of our tubes have actually been used in successful rescues.
0: Oh, very good. Cool. That's
2: very cool. So we're, so we're very proud of that. We sponsor the Nominature Fire Department contest that runs from January to the end of April every year, where people can go in and nominate their local fire department to be the recipient of one of our tubes. Since the inception of the program, we've added over 9,000 nominations.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. So for those listeners that are listening on today, you know, it would be my recommendation if you are, you know, know of your local fire department that maybe doesn't have access to something like this and you're a farmer definitely advocate and nominate your local fire department because you know I think a lot of times our our small communities the fire department the EMTs right um, think about those people in the situations that us as farmers really we really can utilize them and um, we need to support them right before the incident occurs.
2: Well and further recognize if we have a green bin entrapment this is a pretty major operation. It's going to be mutual aid from three or four different fire departments. We're going to have to have a lot of people involved. This is going to be a long, lengthy process. We're going to have to have medical staff standing by because mm. our victim, assuming our victim's still viable, uh, and hopefully they're still viable, right? Yeah. They're they're going to be dealing with maybe some compartment syndrome and some crush syndrome, and so agreement entrapment is a very, very major operation for a local uh, of any size, really, a res- first responder agency.
0: Yeah. I just want to reiterate, I mean, this seems to be an incredible program that y'all have put together. Um, And I just want to say those numbers again, because I think that it's such a great initiative that you guys have done. So over 272 fire departments have been awarded grain bin rescue tubes across 31 states, which is just really great. Well, I definitely don't want to leave Landis out of this conversation either. So within Landis, we also have a really great opportunity for our local emergency teams, EMTs, fire departments to apply for grants to receive funding for safety equipment as well. So last year we awarded $54,000 to our local emergency teams. This year, the applications are closed, but make sure that you, um, you know, as a farmer, pass that information along to your local emergency teams and make sure that they know about that program that we have. Well, Ahad, I haven't forgotten about you
1: Oh, I thought you did. Okay. (laughs)
0: Um, Ahad, within Landis, we have been working hard, you know, lately on our internal safety programs, not because we've had a ton of accidents, but because we want to make sure that, right, everybody goes home every single night. So can you chat a little bit about, you know, the big safety days initiative that we had here this last year?
1: Yeah, it, it was the first time we held it down in Des Moines here at our our, our new Landis connector. Um, it had been a couple years since since we had that due to COVID, but uh, it was a it was a great turnout. And the kind of the the reason for it was just to to provide our employees with some hands on hands-on training, hands-on appreciation for safety. And so we held it uh, end of August. We had about four different stations that we had our employees go through. The one that was probably the most well-received was our grain entrapment simulator, which actually got our employees an opportunity to actually be the victim in a controlled environment and actually get uh, entrapped and then to utilize those tools that uh, Derek was talking about with the grain rescue tubes, and actually how do you utilize those to actually retrieve someone and and rescue someone? So, you know, again, we hope we never have to use those. We hope we never have to use those skills, but more importantly, it gave that appreciation and that recognition of, you know, what would it be like if this were to happen and gave that um, uh, real-life, you know, expertise or a real life um, situation where, you know, they they recognize that being entrapped and engulfed, um, even just waist deep is no fun whatsoever. And so, you know, uh, and then the work that's needed and all all the different things that the emergency management crews, the fire departments have to deal with to get someone out. It's not just as simple as uh, you just grab their hand and pull them out. You can't do that. There's so much force coming in. You have to you have to use the process and it's not something that you know is just going to take a couple of minutes and in some cases it can take hours so you know it was very very well received um, along with that we had some fall protection training kind of just going through what the different types of fall protections are how do you inspect that equipment how do you how do you operate it properly, utilize it properly? All the, those type of things to help our employees utilize. Because when you're dealing with fall protection, you're dealing with life-saving equipment, life-saving personal protective equipment. So how do we, we ensure that that equipment's working for us properly? So we had a, a, a great initiative there, a great station where they went through and, and showed uh, how to inspect those and, and everything. So that was also very well-received. And then probably one thing that people don't think about is here at Landis, we transport a lot of, not just grain, but equipment too. And so when you're transporting a lot of equipment, there's DOT regulations that, that come into play. And, you know, ultimately that's the safety and well-being of our public because the last thing we want is for there to be some type of, of, of accident or, or anything like that. So we actually had the DOT come out and uh, go through how to actually inspect your trailers and specifically also on anhydrous ammonia rigs. You know, what to make sure that that we've got there because, again, that's a, that's a very hazardous uh, chemical um Derek knows a lot about that so ensuring that all the equipment is proper as you're as you're moving that tank down the road so did a lot of uh, um d- just inspection understanding getting the perspective of the DOT on that and got got some great great responses uh, from that and then and then lastly we had the Des Moines Fire Department here Des Moines Fire has one of uh, probably the the top hazmat crew uh, in the state, and so if we do happen to have an, an anhydrous uh, release or some type of incident like that, they're the ones that that would be responding. And and since we've moved down here at the at the Des Moines Connector, you know, early on we reached out to them and wanted to build a a, a good relationship with all the resources that they have and. And they have been phenomenal to work with. And so they actually brought out their HAZMAT crew. They did a quick case study on a, a situation that, that occurred here in central Iowa and how they reacted to it and how our employees can assist if, if heaven forbid, something like that were to happen, j- just to train everyone um, and, and got to... Uh, really experienced that firsthand. So, just a great relationship that we've been able to, to provide, and and we're already talking with them to do other types of trainings here in the in the future. So, it, it's a it's a great relationship now that we're we're down here in downtown Des Moines.
0: Well, awesome, and I mean, I want to commend you and your safety team. Right, what a huge initiative that you guys put on! I don't know what percent of our employees attended, but it was huge. And um, I think the thing that was really cool about it was it was employees across the board, right? Absolutely. And so. Yes, we had our operations people there, but we also had our field team there and, and, you know, even people, you know, in accounting or whatever, you know, I think safety is important no matter what role you play here, right? I might not be physically dealing with anhydrous day to day, but I have other things, you know, I I drive lots of miles. And so, you know, we all have our things we need to take into consideration, but I, I thought it was extremely interesting. I remember pulling up to safety days and going, DOT's here. That's interesting. I hope everything's okay. (laughs) And then I quickly realized, you know, oh gosh, it's safety days. So um, you know, what a cool, I think, partnership that, you know, we have done a really great job of here at Landis. And I commend you and your team of just working with people like the DOT, you know, and working with the Des Moines Fire Department just to make sure that we're utilizing the connections that we have. And, you know, Derek, that's one reason why we've got you here today is We're literally looking across, right, and we can see Nationwide.
2: um, Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to go ahead and move, before we move out of grain bin safety, I really, really, really want to encourage our listeners to chat with Nationwide and just a number of our grain bin companies that we have coming to the innovation connector there's lots of grain bin safety technology and other bin technology that's come out that you know i encourage you come to our connector events we will go ahead and put registration in the show notes so that you can self-register for that make sure you come to one of those i promise you it is a wealth of knowledge for you to come and enjoy it's also a really great opportunity to to network with folks like myself and and other people that you know are representatives for for you and your facilities and farms on behalf of landis so all right, Derek. I want to chat with you. Um, one of the reasons why you're here um, is we are going to have nationwide in the Innovation Connector, and so we thought, why not just have somebody come in and talk to us, you know, Absolutely. during this week as well? And so I want you, if you can, to highlight on this and and tell me if I'm saying it wrong. What is it, the Allied? Allied. Okay. Allied fire extinguishing ball, and really how nationwide, you know, we'll be highlighting that tool at the Connector and how they'll present it to farmers.
2: Yeah, so there's there's going to be a couple of technologies that they're going to bring uh, to those. That's going to be kind of neat. Uh, so we have a number of innovation teams that are always kind of out looking for new technology, whether it's life safety technology or property protection technology or whatever it is. And the the Allied uh, Fireball is kind of a it's kind of a neat thing. Um, <laughs> you can mount it in an area um, like an engine compartment. Uh, you could toss it into a fire. Um, as soon as, it's, as soon as flames impinge upon the outside of it, it basically activates and detonates, so to speak, this extinguishing agent that it's full of. So for me personally, I'm thinking about my farm and where it would be handy to have, and I'm thinking in the combine, right? Yeah. Because I'm a volunteer firefighter too. If if my combine catches on fire, by the time they trip for fire response, by the time they get dropped, get right, get, get to the truck, get the truck out to the field where I'm at, I've got a lot of minutes, and there's a lot of these combine fires and stuff that start really pretty small. So if I had a way to extinguish that quickly at the beginning, I can e- either completely extinguish it or at least slow it down because a fire typically doubles in size every two minutes or every minute. And so think about the combine, right? The motor's up on top of my combine at the very rear of it. So if I could toss this thing up instead of opening up the side panel, trying to get the ladder out, trying to climb up the ladder and extinguish the fire, I can toss this thing up on top of there if I've got any kind of lob at all. <laughs> um Right, it starts to it starts to push out that fire. Now I have a chance to grab my fire extinguisher and actually climb the ladder and and, and maybe be able to put out a fire. So there's a lot of really neat ways that you can use some sort of technology like that. That was just the first one that came to my mind.
0: Yeah, One, I was reading, you know, an article on Nationwide's website, and like, you know, there's a picture here on this article where the the fireball is actually like mounted inside the cab. But I've also you know read on here that like they can be mounted like you said by the engine. Um, so you know that may be the first first potential part that, you know, goes up in flames and could be set off right away, so.
2: Yeah, I think they're using them that, one of the applications I had seen them used well for is boats,
0: oh. right? Because
2: a fire in a boat is a pretty bad deal, right? So, mount them above the engine compartment in a boat, and one of the cool things about these is when they detonate it, it makes a noise when it detonates. So, if you were just out on your boat cruising around and all of a sudden, bam, you know. you're know, you going to know something something's happening, right? So, yeah. yeah, so it's kind of a neat piece of technology
0: towards land yeah <laughs> okay and really before we wrap up i mean you are mostly in agronomy right obviously you cover grain bin safety too but um ahan and derek anything else you guys want to add as we also move into spring season here we probably have some customers that are applying nh3 or, or right other fertilizer and then just like getting on the grind planting season and you know how quickly they move <laughs>
2: If I had one piece of advice, I would make sure to drive home to anybody getting ready for spring season is close those anhydrous tank valves when you move from field to field. I don't know how many of the incidents I've seen in a national perspective where we had a release and somebody was moving down the road. All they had to do was walk back and shut that, what we would call the farmer valve, right, the withdrawal valve on the front yeah. tank. If they, if they would shut those when they're moving down the road, they're technically supposed to by law anyway, um, we could have prevented a lot of those releases.
1: You know, two two things. I think if you are pulling an anhydrous rig, I-, I would say just just take it slow. Don't speed. Don't go fast. You know, uh, follow the the rules there. And then, you know, if if you are applying anhydrous, and uh, we it, th- this go just to to make sure that you bleed everything off if you're going to do any maintenance. I remember when I first started here ten years ago, the spring season was approaching, or, or actually during spring season. Uh, we had we had a farmer that um, had a screen plug on him went to go and and repair it himself um, but forgot to to bleed it off and and open it up and and just anhydrous went everywhere and was luckily the individual wasn't blind but had burns on their upper body arms you know shoulders things like that so. Just those little things. Make sure, you know, you're wearing the right right PPE, gloves, goggles, whenever you're handling any of these chemicals. Just do, do the little things, and uh, you'll have uh, you'll have big success. So that's my encouragement to all of our farmer members. Slow down. Do always make sure we, we bleed things off. Have the right personal protective equipment on, and you'll have a safe and, and productive planting season.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, <clears throat> the one comment that I would make to our listeners too, right, um, whether you're a farmer or an agribusiness, um, spring is busy if you're in rural Iowa. And so I always have to remind myself, even though I live and breathe farm, right, we all need to slow down a little yep. bit on the road, um, make sure that we're looking out for our farmers. Um, and so that would be just my piece as, you know, we want to make sure everyone gets to go home safe. Well, anything else you guys want to add here?
1: I I could talk for about another two hours, so let's just call it, let's just
0: call it. it. I mean, this is, (laughs) you are the safety guy, right? Um, Both of you live and breathe this, and so I just want to thank you guys both for joining me today on the podcast. I'm not sure that this is the most fun topic to talk about, right? Um, And I'm by no means an expert at this, um, but I think that this is such an extremely important topic that we talk about, we don't talk about enough. Um, and so I'm glad that we got the chance to talk about safety today, even though this is the Grain Podcast, but, you know, talk to our farmers, our members about the importance of remaining safe on the farm, both through grain bin um, and, you know, as we get busy in spring. Um, so thank you to our listeners as well for listening in this month's segment of the Grain podcast. Uh, Be sure that you check out those show notes to check out some of these articles by Nationwide as well as sign up for our Innovation Connector and be sure not to miss a segment of the podcast by making sure that you're subscribed. So thanks for listening.